Hey guys, welcome to episode three of the Oz Tank. So excited to share this episode with you. If you prefer the video version, as always, you can find that on youtube.com slash ozeve. And if you like the content that I create, then you can support me on patreon.com slash ozeve. Enjoy the show. It's Austang time. I am uh, super excited, super excited to have you all back uh, for the monthly installment of the Austang, which this time took quite some time because one, we had FanFest, of course, and then I had COVID. Uh, and then the investors didn't have time. And so now six, six weeks later, we actually have a um, an Austang episode again. So today we actually have a fantastic show because we have everyone with a presentation. That's that's a first. Uh, we we made a, a new rule that you had to bring a presentation just because last time, compared to the first episode, the second episode just ended up a little bit chaotic, I think, uh, and a little bit hard to follow. So today, all of the candidates have uh, brought at least some, some sort of visual aid. Uh, and we have some really really cool ideas i as usual i have not looked at all of them in in detail i i, I skimmed through them i had some help from the from the mods and uh, uh and and together we selected uh, five really great ideas that we're going to be um, talking about today so before i pull the investors in here um let me for everyone that is uh, looking uh, that is watching this this show for the first time today the Oz tank what we are doing here is we basically got together with uh, three or four trillionaires in in eve online and we said um, we typically play to see our numbers go up and uh, the community kept asking hey you know when are you going to give back to the community when are you going to inject that that money back into the economy so that's what we're doing here we're listening to ideas in the style of the shark tank or the dragon's den and together with the invest other investors we decide who gets funded and who doesn't there's one big difference between the real life oz tank and what we're doing here and that this does not need to uh, these ideas do not need to provide a return on investment they simply just need to be good for eve online and that can be either creating content for the community, um, providing a service uh, in the in the economy or in the ecosystem, uh, or basically just provide entertainment, be funny, uh, something positive in the uh, in the Eve, Eve world, uh, and we will give you money. And spoiler alert, we tend to almost fund everything, especially when we have Crota on board. So let me get the other investors in here. Today we have Croda and we have Golden CEO. Who we don't have today is Eden Trade, who's usually uh, with us and who who's still you know his name is still up there. Um, here I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this live on stream here. We're gonna take him out. Uh, we moved this to to Friday instead of Saturday. So for for him, unfortunately, that meant that he didn't have time today. But 
but we do have Croda and Golden CEO. So um, let me start with uh, Croda. Croda is uh, somebody who writes a, a blog that is called Markets for ISK. Um, if you Google Markets for ISK, you can easily find it. He has uh, taken a, a station trading account from zero to, I think, a trillion twice is what he said. And uh, he tends to give every idea, no matter how bad it is, 10 billion. So, uh, Croda, welcome to the show. Croda, while Croda sorts out a system, Golden uh, CEO is somebody who who said when the TTT was destroyed, he's going to start putting down um, citadels uh, and have them destroyed with 0% tax until the TTT, um, uh, the TTC takes the TTT down. Uh, so Golden CEO, welcome uh, to the show. Together, we are going to listen to the community ideas today, five of them, and we're going to be deciding whether to fund them. And they're going to uh, present their idea. They're going to ask for, um, for funds. We're going to then ask uh, questions and we're going to discuss it and we're going to spend about 15 to 20 minutes on each idea and then we'll decide together uh, or individually who gets money and who doesn't so let's uh, get our first candidate in here and our first candidate of the day is somebody called cloak and dagger cloak and dagger are you with us i'm with you can you hear me all right Perfect. We can hear you. Chat, can you hear Cloak and Dagger? Perfect. Okay, we're going to be going over to the screen share because you brought a presentation like all of you did, which is, which is uh, uh, quite, uh, quite, quite, quite amazing. Your idea, Cloak and Dagger, is called Eve Kickstart. So um, walk us through it. What is Eve Kickstart? So Eve Kickstart is going to be a lease-to-own service for high-sec structures. Uh, the presentation today, I'm going to introduce myself. We're going to cover a little bit about what's going on in high-sec and how wars in high-sec work and resultingly how structures end up dying. Then we're going to get to the pitch, if that sounds good. Perfect. Let's go. All right. And you guys can feel free to jump in at any time. But I'm going to introduce myself. Uh, I am Cloak and Dagger, usually uh, referred to as Cloak on comms by... Uh, people who need to yell at me uh made the account when i was uh the ripe age of 15 so i picked the edgiest name i could uh but we just go by cloak these days i've been playing the game actively since 2019 uh mix of high sec low sec and null sec pvp mostly preferring null but we do a lot of high sec wars account value at 256.8 bill and assets at 129 uh in terms of PvP, I like taking a lot of bad fights, and I like taking them in shiny Lokis, so I've lost a little more than I'd like, and I'm a little more snuggly than I'd like, but all in all, I'm pretty happy with how it is. Uh, and as for the Alliance, uh, I've been an EM for almost three years. Uh, we are mainly a high-sec and low-sec uh, Minmatar Alliance. I'll be, I will have been in for three years since, uh, or on the 12th coming up here. Uh, in that time, we've had 68 wars, uh, and that's been a large part of our content in this period. And so what's uh, going on in high sec right Electus, now? That's oh, Electus Matari for, for those that, uh, EM is Electus Matari for those that, uh, that can't read the screen or that will listen in the future of the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. So what's going on in high sec and why is this service needed? 
so in the past three months, uh, 600 medium structures have been blown up. Uh, total losses there are counting for 1.67 trillion. And in this past week, 35 medium structures have been killed for almost 100 bill. Uh, these numbers are from last night, so this may have increased today. Uh, there's a couple of parties that you might run into in HiSec uh, who you may become victim of a war deck too. Uh, main, the first one's going to be the quantum core enjoyers. These are people who like, uh, they'll go out, they'll look for structures that look like they're not really going to be defended or they're not going to be very difficult to attack. They'll blow the structure up and they'll scoop the core for a few hundred million extra profit. These guys aren't really looking for a fight and they're not looking to lose money fighting since fundamentally this is like a money-making scheme. You also have your gate traffic enjoyers. These are people who will throw out a bunch of war decks. They'll... Uh, usually they'll look at something like Jita traffic, for example, the war deck, all the war eligible uh, corpse that come through, and then they'll sit on the undock or they'll sit on the Jita gate, and they'll kill people as they come through and scoop loot. Mainly they're interested in camping gates for war targets. They're usually happy for a fight, but they also have bring a substantial advantage. And they're not typically super interested in structure bashing, but they're out there. And then finally, the people killing structures... Uh, with the most with the most passion are going to be your mercs and unaffiliated parties. Uh, the goal in this case is usually they've been hired to burn down a specific structure, or whoever owned the structure has made them mad and they want to blow it up. Usually they're willing to take a fight even at a disadvantage, and they're not motivated by its costs incurred by fighting. Uh, so usually in the case of a merc, if you get paid like a billion esque or whatever to blow somebody's structures up, you have a bit of a cushion there in terms of your losses, so you don't really care too much. We're going to take a look at a few of these structures that have been blown up lately. Uh, here's our Raitarus. The first one you can see is unfit completely, aside from some manufacturing rigs. And nobody showed up to defend it, and the owner just lost five bill without any trouble for the attacker. Next one was killed by five people. Uh, this actually has the second most modules fitted of any of the structures that we're going to see here. Uh, but it's not fit terribly well. Uh, there's some pretty serious problems. The mids on it, for example, it's got a tackle mod and a web. Uh, those aren't really useful because the structure is not going to kill anything in the time that it can tackle something. But that didn't really matter because no one defended and the owner lost almost four bill. Uh, final one was killed by 20 people. It was unfit, but it was defended by four guys in uh, T1 Apocalypses, which did not go super well from them. This was killed by Mercs. Uh, they ended up losing 9.3 bill. Sort of the same deal with Athenors. A lot of unfit structures. Um, instead of four Navy apocalypses, or sorry, four T1 apocalypses defending this final structure here in line, it was the owner and a stealth bomber uh, who was also unsuccessful. And finally, Astrohouses, which are the, on paper, some of the best, uh, or the best medium structures in terms of difficulty to kill them. Uh, first one was killed by three people. It was. It's also not fit very well. It's got a bunch of empty slots on it, and the slots that it does have aren't great. No one showed up to defend it. Uh, our middle one was killed by one guy in a Hakate. Uh, I don't know how long it took him to sit there and just chew through the shields with antimatter, but he managed to do it, so credit to him. Uh, it's actually fit well, but no one showed up, so one Hakate killed it. And the last one just died to 16 people again. Uh, no one showed up to defend it. Owner lost 2.3 bill. Just uh, how I picked these out, picked recent ones, and I tried to find examples of structures where somebody showed up at least to try and fight. But uh, with Astrohouses, uh, that didn't really happen. 
what we can draw from this is that the majority of structures that are dying uh, are dying without good or even any fittings, and they're dying without contest or with the token defensive effort. I wouldn't say a stealth bomber is necessarily a, a fully kitted defense fleet. Obviously, there's going to be some bias here. Uh, if people know how to defend their structures, their structures aren't going to be dying, so they're not showing up here. Uh, if, your if your structure is fit well, you're probably not going to get uh, you're probably not going to get targeted by people just looking for cores. So, how do we mitigate? If you are a structure owner, how are you mitigating risk to your structure? So, one, fit it properly so that if somebody's scanning it just as they're passing by. Uh, they look at it and say, well, that may not be the easiest structure to destroy by myself. Obviously, having people show up to defend the structure helps. Uh, and then your blanket tips, like don't attempt to open a market next door to an I-choose-you structure, for example. For most people, Golden CEO excluded, uh, is going to be advice you might want to follow. Don't anchor your structure on a gate for everyone to see. It just makes discovering you easier and getting targeted easier. Don't free port for no reason so you're not showing up on overviews. And then to avoid war, uh, war decks from hub traffic, use a holding corp. A little bit about high sec war mechanics, and then we're going to get into the pitch. So when someone declares a war in high sec, they have to declare a structure in high sec. I'm sorry, a structure in high sec that they've anchored as a war headquarters, and they pay a fee of 100 million S to Concord. After a 24-hour warm-up period, seven days of war commences. Uh, at which point, both sides can free fire on each other. If a structure in high sec gets reinforced, so the shields get blown off, it's five and a half days uh, of reinforced period between the shield timer and the shield timer going down, and then the hull uh, where the where the structure is destroyed. The only exception to this is war headquarters. War headquarters have a reinforced period of only twenty four hours, uh, and if a war headquarters is destroyed, the war ends in twenty four hours. Uh, if you want to help somebody in a war, you can join as an ally in four hours for the defender. So how do you go about defending a structure? This is what our normal timeline likes. Sorry, our normal timeline looks like. Uh, on the first, on the day before the war, you declare the war. On the first day the war is live, you reinforce the defender's structure. Then you wait on days two through five. And on day six, you have your first opportunity to destroy the structure if you rolled well, and if you rolled badly, you destroy it on the seventh day. If it's just you defending, you can show up to defend your structure here. But if you want to play offense a little bit and try to defend yourself more actively, uh, you have some options starting from the moment the war starts. So as soon as the war is declared, you can join it as an ally. Uh, and then you can reinforce the war HQ on the first day uh, of the conflict. Unlike your structure, your defending structure, where you have to wait five days, you can attack the war HQ the next day. And if you fail to blow it up, you can reinforce it again, and then attack it again, and then reinforce it again, and attack it again, three or four times usually before your structure gets blown up. Now, if you start later, uh, maybe you ally in on the second day, or the third day, or the fourth day, or the fifth day, you still have options where you end up destroying the HQ before your structure dies and save your structure. Now, I'm sorry for lecturing you guys about high-sec mechanics so much, so I'm going to actually get to the pitch here. What we can see from the amount of structures that are dying is that many players are unable to mitigate the risk uh, of owning and defending their structures. 
A lot of players seem to want to put a structure down, but don't have the liquidity and end up skimping on security in terms of their fittings, or they just don't have the knowledge on how to fit those properly. And as we've seen in the past three months, almost two trillion uh, worth of losses in just this area of medium structures and high sec. So I think there's a market here. So here's what Eve Kickstart's going to do. Eve Kickstart is going to offer access to structures at a small down payment with 0% interest. Any clients who we engage with are going to pay against a premium of, a premium of 120 to 150% based on their location. Uh, the client will pay against that principal weekly for three months while the structure is held in a holding corner. And during this period, the client will control almost all aspects of the structure. So they'll set and collect tax, uh, decide on non-market services, have input on rigging. Some of the rigging is going to be reserved uh, for defensive fittings, and then they'll be able to set docking rights as well. And Eve Kickstart will control security, so the structure's fitting, uh, things like the docking ACL while at war, and when the reinforcement timer is. At the end of that three-month period, when the structure is paid off, the structure and the holding corp get transferred to the client. Uh, there's also some possibility of increasing margins uh, when the contract ends by offering additional one-time services. So fuel shipments are an example of this. Uh, we order an additional three months of fuel, for example, for the structure, and we would haul it in. Uh, set up defensive grids. These are bookmark grids around the station, which are going to be useful to anybody who's defending the structure, uh, just so you can reposition your fleet without combat probes. And then also pre-stocking defense ships. This is something that I'm thinking about. You could work with the client, figure out what they can fly, figure out how many people they have, and then work out a doctrine that would suit them. What are the benefits to the client? Because I'm paying, if I'm a client, I'm paying 120 to 150% of the value of the structure. So why would I do this instead of just, you know, saving up for a few months and then buying the structure myself? So one, obviously, it's a low initial investment for personal and personalized structure access. Uh, the contracts are exclusively uh, are limited in term. There's, we're not going to exceed three months. I don't like the idea of dealing with anybody in perpetuity, and I don't like the idea of starting a renting system. It's not something I'd want to administrate, and it's not something I would feel good about. Uh, if the structure ends up getting destroyed in the first two to two and a half months, uh, the client is actually better off than if they had just purchased the structure and anchored it themselves uh, they would have spent less money with us than if they had done that. Uh, at the end of the contract, the client inherits with a, a structure with a proper fit, which is going to serve them moving forward. The client doesn't have to handle fuel or logistics for the duration of that contract because the structure will be fueled by us. The client is war immune because the structures are, are in a holding corp. And at the end of it, the client gets holding corp control and potential adversaries who may have been watching the structure uh, to see when the contract ends, maybe will not know when the contract has ended. Benefits to the provider. So obviously we're charging a premium, we get to collect that premium. And the second thing is some of these structures I'm sure will end up getting war decked. And when they get war decked and reinforced, uh, we get access to fights in our time zone with good information on, uh, as well as things like the gunner, obviously. It's on a defensive grid, so it gives us an advantage there. I've seen a few challenges here, and I also see that I'm over on my presentation time, so I'm going to try and speed it up. Uh, but there's three main sort of challenges that I expect to face. One of them is finding the market. It's going to be difficult to interface with potential clients, and it's going to be difficult to establish baseline trust. One of the things that's going to help find the market, I think, is 
my appearance here and i have a huge platform now with this idea because of the oz tank and it's going to be difficult to establish like i said baseline trust because fundamentally somebody is uh going to be paying this premium on a weekly basis with the assumption at the end of the contract they're going to get the structure and that requires some trust from them uh obviously administration uh Potentially, we're dealing with lots of clients with many structures. Uh, that shouldn't be too bad to deal with. Everyone's going to be paying on the same on the same day. Everyone's going to be paying to their own holding corp. So I can just log into the character and check. Uh, at which point, I can take action because the character is going to be right there if something's awry. Uh, and we're going to keep the service area manageable with price incentives. The reason there's a 120 to 150 percent range there is because you're going to get a higher rate depending on how uh, irritating it might be to defend your structure, just as far as the logistics uh, trail is concerned. Logistics tail, excuse me. And then obviously, um, it would be remiss for me to talk about how much money worth of structures got exploded and then not uh, address the risk of explosion. So destruction and default are two main areas where loss uh, is going to be a factor. So client may fail to make payments. If a client fails to make payments, that's not too bad. Uh, if a payment gets missed, the structure will start unanchoring. And then they've got a week to catch up, otherwise the structure unanchors. So if we have to unanchor a structure, uh, the rigs are covered by the down payment and rigs are, rigs are something you would lose. And uh, aside from fuel, uh, you get all the modules and everything back. So that's not Default is not too bad. Uh, destruction, obviously, very bad. It's a total loss. Uh, but there's there's really not too much that can be done about that aside from a, a good faith effort to defend the structures as well as some of the mitigation that we talked about in a previous slide. Uh, I don't think that there's really anybody in the game who can guarantee the safety of a high sex structure. Uh, I think that's should be pretty front of mind with the TTT exploding. Fundamentally, if enough people want your structure to die, it will die, so I'm not going to pretend to be able to guarantee uh the longevity on anything there but i can say that i'm confident that uh a majority or maybe even a large majority of cases would see successful defenses in the case of a war deck so the ask for this is 80 billion isk uh for 20 percent of returns uh this will be the initial fund for medium structures with the goal in mind that this will fund five parts of three structures each uh, it is possible for me to manage 19 separate operations at a time, but I prefer to stick with five just for the starting phase. And the initial funding value is going to provide some security to clients as well, uh, mainly in that trust building category. Just because when you look at uh, when you look from the client's perspective, and they're like, "Well, why would you actually give me the structure instead of just taking all my money and then unanchoring un the structure when I'm done paying you?" Uh, it's just there are easier scams to run namely i could have just scammed the 80 billion isk from the investment so that's essentially uh the crux there uh and then if we're successful uh increased funding of an additional 135 billion isk which would allow us to expand into large structures but i'm that's not something i'm asking for now because we would need to see medium structure clients graduate into large structures uh before we looked into that i want to demonstrate the efficacy of the idea and demand before moving for additional capital there 
All I'm right. sorry, I went a bit over on time, but that's I'm all right. Happy to go. That's all right. I I um, I and uh, I uh, I enjoy I enjoyed the lecture. I think um, you know we're we're also here we're also here to uh, to to educate uh, uh, new new players or or people that are might just be interested in uh, in in the show. That's what we're doing on, on Twitch, right? So um, I think it's interesting. We all learn something. To your um, idea, I have a few questions, uh, and then I'll hand it over to Absolutely. the investors for for a few other questions. I'm uh, I'm picking some questions up from chat. The biggest discussion I think would be, I mean, how how do you avoid the holding corp um, being, you know, instantly war decked by groups like Black Flag? Sure. So, <laughs> the the idea here is is obviously not to have our holding corps called Eve Kickstart Holding Corp one through five. You know, <laughs> uh, we're gonna try and have some obfuscation there. Okay. So you're basically your your strategy would be um would be a. Uh, oh, a I, I'm sorry. I interpreted that as targeted. <laughs> I appreciate the so I, I interpreted that as like black flag targets the operation specifically, but just in general, I expect that some holding corps absolutely will get war decked by black flag. Um, like I said, I'm a member of EM, and a large part of what we do is high sec warfare. Um, obviously, I'm not a director in EM or anything, and even if I was the director, I couldn't mandate people to go show up to fights. But I'm confident that in the case that a structure gets reinforced, we'll be able to put on a, a defense for that. We'll have people and we'll have ships to defend the structure in that case. I'm not. I don't want an issue. I don't want to necessarily issue a challenge, but I think that in the case of most war decks, uh, we have a pretty good record of being able to defend structures. Yeah, I think in that Hope respect, that the. The, it does, it does, and I think in that respect, the Oz tank is a blessing and a curse because, of course, it will give you some attention on the on the demand side, but it will also give you some attention on the um, on the Wardex side. But uh, you know, I I appreciate you know the 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 honest answer there. The other one is um, those the the structures that you were showing in the beginning, um, most of them seemed abandoned, right? So I mean, your premise. The premise for this idea that you're saying is a lot of people cannot defend their structures, but uh, is it possible that most of the cases that you're seeing are just abandoned structures? Well, there's absolutely abandoned structures out there. I mean, I, I know the Oz tank has provided funding actually to yeah. a group that's running around and destroying abandoned uh, player and uh, player and structures posses, I believe. Uh, I will say that um, even just as a member of EM, I've gotten requests from, you know, small industrial corps uh, and, and you know, smaller groups, newer groups saying, hey, you guys are anti-pirates. There, there are pirates shooting my structure and we get there and the, the structure has like a neutralizer on it and a target painter. So <laughs> there's, I think I was talking to uh, our director the other day and he said he's gotten like, I, I think like 20 mails recently. I, he didn't define recently, but on of just requests for people like, hey, we don't have the resources to do this. Can you come help? And then it turns out when you inspect, uh, you know, when the timer is, it's like eight hours out of time zone and the structure is not fitted and the person doesn't respond, doesn't accept the ally request in. So I think there's there's a large demand for structures that are owned by players uh, that end up getting attacked and blown up because they don't have the know-how or the resources to defend them. Okay, Golden, 
let's go let's go to golden ceo for questions yeah so um let's see i really like this idea i think it's something which a lot of people are going to be quite interested in there's a lot of different high set groups which either don't have the capability to do hold a defense for their own structures or you know just may want the sort of credit facility that this provides effectively um on the note of defense uh, i i'm i just wanted to mention that actually so i because i run a group called uh, hogs collective uh, for quite a long time which is primarily based in high second so we've actually fought against em um those of you who watch the scope videos you may have seen a video a couple of years back about a massive battle in heck which was between Hogs Collective, Electris Matari, and uh, at the time, Pirate, or what is now sort of merged into Black Plague. I personally, uh, just based on all that, have quite a lot of confidence in AEM's ability to defend these structures. So um, I, I've got personal experience there, which lends some significant credence to, to this idea. Uh, one thing I just wanted to mention, it's not really a sort of problem necessarily, but um, I like the idea of the obfuscation just to make it so that it's not immediately obvious when these structures are uh, part of this project. Um, you mentioned though that like the corp can be transferred to the person. Uh, you might want to consider some way of just maybe keeping a CEO holding character there or something, because otherwise the changing of CEO could potentially be a giveaway that the contract has ended and therefore the structure won't be defended by EM if it got attacked, for instance. Um, sure. Yeah, because uh, I see the natural clone killer is actually in the chat. And he mentioned that he's going to go looking for them, so seems like there will be um, some adversary there. I Absolutely. I think the main sort of question is because the mechanics of the plan sound sound. It it's just a question of whether EM themselves are going to be willing to sort of defend these structures. I, I think that actually you'll meet a lot less resistance than some people are worrying about just because with good obfuscation, you can you can avoid that risk to quite a significant degree. But is there sort of a commitment from EM at the time or at the moment, it's sort of just in initial discussions? So I've had conversations with members internally. Um, the most important thing from all of our from both Alliance leadership and our diplomat is that this is this fundamentally is my project and this is not a project that EM is uh, is is providing a full commitment to. So you are doing business with me uh, and it's very likely and I there it's very likely we're going to have a lot of friends come along to help with defenses because fundamentally this is, uh, defending the assets is defending uh, my and our investment. Um, but like I said earlier, uh, even if I was the director of EM, I couldn't mandate EM members to go show up for a defense. It's just not how we work. But I think we do also have a long record of showing up to help out with high sec warfare. And we have a, a pretty good record at that. So I'm confident we can conduct defensive operations, but it's this pitch does not have a guarantee from EM that uh, a structure is going to happen or there won't be some overlapping commitment that uh, prevents the defense from working. Okay. Um, so in that case, there's, there's two things let's sort of say. One is um, it could be worth considering changing the pricing structure slightly so that maybe you charge a higher amount to add some extra margin um, to basically pay and compensate people who are willing to show up for fights because like a sort of insurance company, if you pull that all together, actually the amount that you could pay people to show up for a defense when sort of everyone, even all the people who aren't actually being attacked are chipping in, 
just based on the cost of joining the program, um, which I think for the kind of guaranteed defense, a lot of people would be happy to pay even a 200% sort of markup um, would be something worth considering. Um, another way of also offsetting the cost is basically making sure that you scoop the core, because uh, obviously that's not only a way to reduce the cost of a destroyed structure, but also to prevent uh, an extra incentive uh, for people trying to attack your structures. We, I actually have some uh, tools which uh, <laughs> some of some of the people in EM may may remember this uh, allows us to sort of uh, make sure that we can warp in and scoop a core on the same server tick that the structure actually pops. I'm quite happy to share those with you if it means that the uh, plan is more likely to be a success. But nice, I think overall that's the only question I have is just uh, sort of how to guarantee defense because one of the main draws of this or the main things that people are going to be asking is if I pay the markup, be it 50%, 100%, 200%, whatever it is, is this structure going to be defended? Obviously, they're not out ISK if it gets destroyed early, so there's there's that, but they do also want a bit of a security guarantee. So I would say it might be worth considering upping the price and finding people who would be willing to uh, you know, act as mercenaries and defend structures for a fee uh, that you could kind of keep on retainer. But other than that, I'm I'm liking the sound of this. Sure. I mean, the I hadn't thought about marks too much, just because I'm confident in, I, I'm confident that structures that get attacked will have defenders there to run a defense. Uh, but yeah, that isn't that is an interesting idea. Uh, I was planning on forty percent of returns already going back into the fund, as far as. Uh, Sorry, I just got a message from somebody. Um, We're going to have to wrap up here in a second. Doc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about Mercs. It's an, it's an interesting idea. Uh, and that's, that's what I've, I guess, have to say on that right now. Crota, we have time for one question. Well, in the interest of time, I, I don't need to ask. Well, okay, the only question I was going to ask is, have you trialed this on a small scale? I guess that's just yes or no. No. Uh, we do a lot of defenses, but uh, I have not tried this model on a small scale. Okay. All right. So uh, I guess we're we're ready to vote. By the way, to to all the the viewers that are new, we do have a poll running always when there's a pitch. Today's uh, the, the the first pitch ran a little over time, so the poll is already closed. The chat is saying sixty one percent yes to fund and thirty nine percent no. So it's a it's a slight. Um, it's slightly positive, but not as positive as we have seen in the past. I'm surprised because I, I really, really like the idea. I know there are a lot of risks. I think one one thing is one thing that I do feel is is a bit high is the initial the initial investment. So 80 billion is is a is a lot. You could try, you know, as as some some people are saying in chat, you could definitely try with uh, with uh, to 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 test it with 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 less so i think absolutely regardless of whether you get the 80 million to 80 billion together i think we you know we could um you could start also with less so i'll make a start uh, i like the idea uh, i believe in it i also don't think that there like there's there's a very little um, chance of 
total loss in this. So um, that's why I don't think the risk is uh, is super huge. Uh, I really like your presentation. Uh, I like your I like your motivation. So um, I'm I'm going to pull my weight. I'll pull in 20, 20 billion um, golden. I'm happy to match that twenty bill. Cool, Crota. Twenty for me as well. Twenty for Crota as well. So cloak. We have 60 billion and Eden Trade is not here today, but Eden Trade, he did write to me that he wanted to fund some of the projects uh, if he liked them. And I think that he definitely will like your idea. And so possibly you will get your full, uh, full 80. So we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely get this idea rolling. And thank you so much for, for coming here. Thank you very much for your time. All right. So um, nice. Nice first idea. Really, really, really liked it. Let's um, here we'll, we'll we we won't spy on his on on his screen sharing. <laughs> All right, um, perfect. Uh, let's go. Let's go into the next idea. The next idea is by someone called Sandroman. Right, Sandroman. Uh, we're going to go over here, and we're going to pull in Sandroman. Sandroman, are you is first of all, is that how I say your name? And are you here? Yes, yes, I, I am here. Um and that is how you pronounce my name. Uh one second, just adjusting volumes. Every time I enter a Discord channel, the new people usually are pretty loud for me. I don't know what it is. I but I get the I get the problem. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've already had my uh, my own Discord struggles today, so uh, you're you're all good, man. Okay. Um and then is that video link yeah. working the video ninja? So I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I can share your screen, but, uh, you need to share your presentation. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry yeah. about that. There you go. Perfect. Uh, here we go. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Slideshow. Cool. Um, there we go. So, um, I'm presenting on the E-War Frigate Bowl. Um, so it's an idea that I had, uh, say two, three months ago. Um, ruminated in my mind and and i want to go into a little bit of depth on that so to start off we got the bottom line up front the idea is essentially an attempt to introduce an element of sports competitiveness for eve players to watch and enjoy um oh sorry about that so eve is a competitive competitive uh game and um you know we, I, I want to bring that. Oh man, I am flubbing up today. <laughs> Sorry, it's about all that. good. Okay, we're all so, well friends. We're, we're all well friends here. We are. We just want to give you money. It's also a little bit distracting because uh, I, I got an Eve client open and I'm, I'm watching something. But I digress. <laughs> As so we I, I want to bring something like um, soccer to Eve, essentially, um, because at the end of the day, it's fun to watch, fun to play. So for other people who may not be so physically inclined they can do something similar in eve so uh, next slide here we we got why don't people watch eve and and this kind of is a head scratcher to me um growing up i i read all those articles about these big battles in eve where we're talking you know hundreds of thousands of dollars getting destroyed yet we don't really see a large viewer presence in eve and i, and I wanted to like kind of boil down that essence and looking at the numbers on these alliances you're talking about 30,000 40,000 people in each of these alliances yet we only have 
about two and a half thousand viewers on Eve, and and that's on a a good day. I think that's actually a little bit inflated due to the uh, streaming events going on right now. Um, compare that to something like Albion Online, very similar game, very um, very similar in concept, uh, PvP loot based kind of game. Um, you know, three times, four times the viewership on a, on an average day. So uh, why is that? And and one of the things that I thought of was well. Really, it's because people look at EVE, they see the overview, they see it's a little bit clunky, they don't understand what's going on. They're watching it, and it just doesn't connect to them. So my attempt here is to bridge that gap for the average viewer on Twitch to go look at EVE and say, oh, I see what's going on here. This is basically a soccer game. You have like a little field here. People are trying to move, you know, a ball back and forth between the goals and score, right? So why the E-War Forget Bowl? So first off, we have low skill requirement, high skill ceiling, okay? Um, it, whenever you start playing EVE and you go and you in, start engaging in PvP, uh, one of the first things that I've noticed that people put you into is Interceptors or E-War Frigates. And the reason why is because low entry barrier to you know play that play style. Frigates are, are really easy to train into, but there's a lot of skill expression with frigates. Um, so, like I say, low skill requirement, high skill uh, ceiling. Um, people who, you know, fly frigates um, in faction warfare, uh, warfare, they might know what I'm talking about, where, you know, you can do a lot of stuff with a frigate and, it, it, and you can be very ingenious. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, it's pretty simple to connect this to real-life concepts. Um, you may not know what an overview is if you've never played EVE. You may not know what, like, a health bar uh, is represented by on that overview. And you may not know what a micro-warp drive is. But you see a couple of dots bouncing a ball on a goal, um, on a field, uh, starts to make more sense. And then you got those teams those goals, uh, those those rivalries that build up as a result of sports competitiveness. And then uh, it's infinitely more approachable uh, for Twitch streaming. At, at, on the bottom there, you see in the bottom left there, that's the average PIFA screen. It's not exactly a uh, user-friendly... Uh, well, I'll take that back. It's not exactly a user... Like, you look at it, it's not welcoming. And it puts people to sleep sometimes. So I want to put something into Eve that's a little bit more understandable, and it's got a little bit of that panache. Oh, hold on a second. So the format, um, as I mentioned, it's a team sport. Uh, two divisions, four teams, six members on each team with one team captain. Uh, these teams will go and conduct a round robin where every team plays each other in sequence. Um, and then the top two teams in each division move on to a single elimination final. A pretty simple format. In total, that's going to be six matches for each division round robin for a total of 12, plus three more matches for the single elimination final. So 15 matches total. Uh, the rules in a nutshell, as I said, 6v6. T1 frigates, though, team captains have a little bit uh, more variety. They can select a couple of navy frigates um essentially you just use tractor beams to pull uh a jet can with uh you know one missile in it to the opposing goal on a field of 100 kilometers by 50 kilometers uh the team with the highest score after four minutes um you know they win pretty simple 
Um, and like I said, T1 frigates only. T2 frigates were considered, but abandoned because they're just too strong. In that type of format, it, it just doesn't make sense to have T2 frigates. So, um, on to the prizes and why people should care about this. Uh, the grand prize in, in my format uh, is 8 billion isk for the number one uh, team. Second place gets 4 billion isk. Third place gets 2 billion isk. Every team that participates as well will get uh, 500 million isk just for participating. This is to encourage um, people, you know, actually coming in and trying. And if you're a viewer and you want to participate in this, that could be you, that guy right there holding all that money. <laughs> as for the investors, um, 20 billion is in totality. Uh, that's to fund the prizes and the color commentators that we hope to bring on board to make it a little bit more interesting to watch. Um, anything extra will go towards prizes. Um, I did include a segment in my proposition on the, uh, the thread about how I'll be reaching out for additional funding via Reddit. Um, and, you know, whoever contributes uh, the most, I hope to, um, you know, give you a little bit of vanity by letting you name the division, um, one of the divisions for the, the um, leagues. So um, for returns, I'm looking at selling a few advertisement blocks to give 50% of that revenue back to the Oz Tank investors. So for you guys, you know, get a little signpost and that converts to money for the investors. Um, beyond that, questions. <laughs> love it. Okay. I love the discussion about soccer and football in, uh, in, in, in chat, no matter, no matter what you say, uh, you're, you're going to be hated by half the world. Um, I know it's true, but, uh, there's one half that's more important. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, if you say football, uh, you're kind of safe on both sides. Um, so, um, lo I love it. I have, I have, I have a billion questions. The first question okay. would be, have you, have you, have you tested this out? Uh, is this something that you play every Saturday? Um, like how no, do you know no, this works? It, it, it's not something I play every Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm actually a wormholder by trade, so it's it's uh, a little bit out of my realm of expertise. I do know people who have played it before, and uh, they've enjoyed it. I just wanted to formalize a more uh, uh, concrete rule set for, for the, the game. So um, I haven't played it before. We'll be doing extensive playtesting, uh, hammering out the rules um, before we actually get to the streaming period for the uh, matches. And uh, I'm not sure... Uh, yeah, I, I might have missed this in your presentation, but um, you know, how do you avoid interference? So um, there, there's actually a couple ways that, that came to mind. Uh, one is doing it in a wormhole. You can actually make it relatively safe by rolling off connections um, such that there's going to be negligible outside interference. Uh, another option that I've looked at is putting it in an area that is pretty outside of the purview of what most people would consider uh, reachable space. Um, so we're talking low sec systems that have minimal to no traffic at all, basically uh, free from being bothered. Uh, th there will be precautions taken to make sure the stream is sanitized so people don't get involved that way as well. And have you tr uh, have you tried streaming this? Like, do you know do you know how to, or is this something that that 
um, you know, basically you're relying on others on or on us. <laughs> Uh, no. So, um, I have not streamed this before. I have done some streaming in the past on Twitch, um, to varying degrees of success. I'm, I'm not like a, uh, major Twitch streamer, uh, more of a internet niche micro celebrity, but, um, I, I have done some streaming in the past before. I, I do have a little bit of experience with that. Um, that being said, I have some contacts, uh, who are color commentators, they have a little bit more experience with streaming, especially in the tournament format than I do. And I'll be relying on them for some pointers and tips, etc. Okay. Crota, what do you think about this idea? Do you have questions? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, I mean, obviously it is a bit closer to concept um, than anything else, not really tested at the moment. I think, I think you answered one of my questions in the presentation. How do you get the first teams to turn up? And I, and I guess your answer is really going to pay them five hundred million a player. Anyway, is that is that uh, that was not correct, a player uh, per team? Just per, team. per team, okay. Yeah, yeah. And and remind me, how many people in a team? Four, four people uh, in a team. Six, six people in a team. Okay, so you get about eight, eighty, eighty million for 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 turning up, I suppose. Um, yeah. And okay, I mean, I, I guess that question. I mean, that that's not that much. I mean, how do you get the first match off the ground? Is the obvious question. Because um, if it, you know, if only half the people turn up, it's it's a bit of a non-starter. Yeah, so um, I'll I'll do my best to coordinate beforehand to make sure that everybody is aware of time, location, what they need to be doing, and and you know to square away their stuff so that way uh, when the day comes and the stream is is you know broadcasting, we'll have two teams. Uh, that being said, I do have a couple of teams that are already interested in the um, prospect of participating. Uh, just because it's fun, not necessarily because of the prize money, though the prize money is a good incentive. Um, I mean, three out of the eight teams are going to get a, a pretty good chunk of change, right? Because there's a first, second, third prize. Um, and to be so, fair, if we if we if we pitch it on our Discord quota to like seven thousand people, I mean, we'll find a six v six. Yeah, I, I'd imagine a six v six is uh, relatively easy compared to something like alliance tournament where it's 10 v 10 um i know there's always troubles with alliance tournament that's why i actually scaled down the team sizes to to what they are okay okay thanks other questions corda uh, no none, none for me golden um i really like the idea the kind of idea of having like a a physical sport in the game is 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 pretty cool. Um, my suggestion for avoiding interference would be hold it inside a large pod shield. Uh, that way, not only will other people not be able to just come and you know shoot or bump the people, but also you can actually have people come and watch physically without uh, being able to actually interfere. So that could be uh, a, a good way to uh, and and actually just to be completely blunt, I've not in interacted with pods in God knows how long. So if <laughs> They've done. Oh, I guess you can't jam in a field. So, yeah, uh, it, it's a little bit uh, right. difficult to do e war in a boss bubble. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn. Okay, maybe not then. Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be other ways to fix that. But the the way I, wormhole I... mechanics is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say the way wormhole mechanics works is uh, once you roll off a static, um, there's basically. Uh, very small negligible chance that someone's going to be rage rolling into you um, you won't have any interference from your statics for a good couple of hours also uh, i think i think people you know people might 
people might also defend it, right? You can also pay mercs. I mean, if if this is something that people actually like and gets gets popular, I think people might just, you know, let it let it happen. And I, I realize that in Eve that doesn't really happen, but I think if you have enough people that care, they will defend it, possibly. Yeah. And that's besides all of the other precautions that you can take. Yeah. Um, so I think the only things for me would be, uh, as Oz mentioned, it would be good to have a sort of proof of concept or just brief test match or something just to see if there's going to be any unexpected problems, um, but also to help you kind of nail down the rules in regards to what people can do with webs, target yeah. dampers and that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I like the idea, um, but would need to see a sort of test match first. Okay. Um, yeah, that that's actually a trivial uh, problem. I, I have plenty of people who are yeah. willing to to actually do some testing and have some people to help out with that. I, I kind of got preoccupied um, with some other stuff, but uh, we, we're actually lined up to do that sometime uh, in, the, in the next week. Okay. So chat says 73% support. So um, that's that's a, that's good. You you uh, I think that's pretty solid. Despite despite calling it soccer, you convinced quite a few people. Very good. Um, um, Golden, how about you start this time? Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to invest. I'm I propose to sort of split the proposed amount with the investors that are willing to join in, um, just on the condition that uh, test matches are done first and uh, revised as needed until things are kind of nailed down. Yeah, I'm I'm done with that. I'm done with uh, with splitting it. I really like the idea. I I would love. I would. I I can't. Im I can't imagine it yet. But uh, based on a test match that I would love to watch, uh, I think this could be really really cool. So um, I'm I'm in as well. Croda. Obviously, it's close to concept, so I'm in. Anything up to ten, happy to split it three ways. Cool. And then we'll ask Eden Trade if he wants to go in uh, the fourth part, or we just split it three ways. Sandroman, you, uh, you, you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still curious what the niche is that you're a celebrity for. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you, at least now, you might be getting famous for allowing football in space. So, um, congratulations! You've got your twenty billion, and um, we'll, uh, we'll be looking for your updates. Yeah, will do. Also, I just mentioned if we don't call this space balls, that's a huge waste oh, of opportunity. Yes, of course. Golden, okay. you have the best ideas today already. The first one you had a fantastic idea, now you have a good ideas. Man, it's your it's your well, day I today. Mean, I did say top contributor gets to name the leagues, maybe the sport too. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um we'll yeah, go to the next candidate. Senderman, thanks for stopping by. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, go watch Spaceballs if you've never seen it. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> All right. Um, we are moving to candidate number three. And uh, candidate number three, let's see. I need to move over here. I know we I know we I know we switched the, the order up a little bit. So candidate number three is Kukella. So let's move Mr. Presumably Mr. Kukella in here? Kukella, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hello? Hi. Am I butchering your name or is that just about right? No, Kukella is just great. Thank you very much. Kukella, fantastic. Kukella, you brought us an idea today 
that um, uh, that you called web Jira ordering and delivery service. That sounds very tradey. Mm. So uh, we cannot wait to see your presentation. Yeah, super cool. Uh, do you need the link again for it? Um, or possibly is it still if live from earlier? Uh, I, it should be showing now. So it might, I might need a, a new link. So if you have the link, just uh, pop it over and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll share your screen. Let me do share screen. Um, I shall do this now. This one, that one. That um, that looks good. There we go. Perfect. There we go. We can see it. Super cool. Excellent. Super cool. Yeah. So in short, um, like the 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 tagline name really is Jita anyway, and I went for the slightly longer name to give people a better idea of, um, the underlying purpose of what it is, um. So in short, yeah, the idea is something I've sat on for a few years and haven't got around to coordinating, but it's basically the idea to ship goods to people remotely um, via a, a outside of web ordering system. So some of you who have been here as long as I have may remember Narg Amazon that used to ship literally ships everywhere um, with escrow before contracts existed. Um, but even today, still, the Jita market is very centralized. It's almost impossible to to fulfill large orders of things if you want to do something at a place outside Jita. And uh, some of you may know uh, the fact that I run a, um, well, I run Eve Standings business. I run the Standings business in Eve and I have since 2009. And so I'm very familiar with things like our runners get a, a quote for a job like Zor and Sons or completely random corporations and then we have to cart a missioning ship halfway across the galaxy to get set up and it's just you know inconvenient so the idea is that we can ship goods to people using a, an out-of-game web ordering system um, and make a bit of profit while we do so um, we have the technology to do this now we can pull the price from ESI quite comfortably um, you can look at sort of recent prices and come up with an average uh, or, or a close enough value so you don't have to keep pulling the price every time somebody orders it. So, for example, we can update the, the orders every hour rather than updating them every time somebody wants to pull it. Um, and then we have the ability to pay people using um, the way that court wallets work at the moment. We can get the ESI to tell our agents that the money is there. They then buy the goods with their own money, um, safe in the knowledge that because we as a trusted trusted sort of central point have got the client money they're able to buy the goods ship the goods either themselves or using um, a an existing uh, freight service such as red fog or push x or whatever um, and then when the uh, when the client has received those goods we can pull that using contracts again so so we can get the agents esis to tell us when the goods are in the hands of the final person and at that point, we have the manual stage of somebody logs in, we pay the agent for their work. So if they've shipped 100 mil of goods, we pay them the 100 mil, we pay them their actual pay for having done it, whatever percentage that would be. And then a very small margin every time goes to Plex for good. Um, and so again, for those of us who've been here for a really long time, we'll know that businesses used to scale in EVE really well, and they still do to a degree. The number one um, sort of scaling business was always uh, casinos, lottery games, so Summer Blink, things like that. Um, and that money basically funneled huge wealth into the hands of a few private individuals 
um, by taking small margins from trades that happened in seconds. Um, and to a degree, this is what um, this idea is built from, because if we can build something that people use very, very frequently, even if our margins are tiny, we can make a huge amount of money built, being built up for Plex for good. Um, and it's quite literally money that would otherwise be deleted from the game. Um, if you go to Jita and people are sort of buying and selling things there, you're paying brokers fees, you're paying sales taxes. Um, it's just a way of um, preserving money in the system that then goes to Plex for good. Um, we add some new content to the game. So client, obviously, they can quite literally go to a website, log in via ESI, either paste a basket, paste a fit, or search on the market using uh, a system that looks like the Jita market. Our intention was that it closely recreates the, the in-game client for comfort, so it's not some like, weird blocky system that looks unfamiliar. It looks close enough um, in concept that, um, that it's comfortable for players to use. Um, and then obviously we have kind of career progression for agents. If people want to um, make a job out of this, um, some of my friends and Eve who, are, who have played longest and have been most dedicated to space truckers, they just love hauling stuff. I don't understand it personally, but they really, really like it. And so I've always been keen on finding those weird little niches that people enjoy, like um, high-sex salvaging or things like that. And it gives us the opportunity to potentially create another role like that, uh, a fulfillment agent, essentially. And then, of course, we have the managers, which are the people with wallet access. So these are the ones who can um, actually pay everybody out. Um, and while that's while we get started, this would just be me. Um, and again, uh, I've provided a standing service in Eve since 2009. So as far as I'm concerned, the money's not at risk of going walkabouts. Um, I also run a free third-party service to secure. Oh, it's not free. So it used to be free. It's not free anymore. A third-party service. So. And people have trusted me with like Fortisar transfers and things like that. And the process flow is essentially client logs into the website, has some items, a basket of items, um, like an Eve Praisal paste. I think Eve Praisal's gone away, but um, something like that. Um, they then, our system then tells them how much money they need to transfer to our corporation. They do so. The ESI confirms the payment for that. The agent, knowing that the money is there, buys all the items. The agent ships the items. Client completes the order because um, the ESI confirms that they've received it, and then the manager pays the agent. And so this can happen at any point. It could happen days later. The main thing, of course, is that our agents have enough cash flow to continue fulfilling orders so that they don't have downtime where they're out of money. Um, so having multiple managers who have the ability to pay this money out is probably going to become important in the long term. Um, but it shouldn't be too difficult until we hit a scale, and then at that point, we can deal with it then. Um, so the features that we've discussed with the developer that we've kind of retained for this create orders um, of items to buy. It can copy older orders. So, so if you've got a favorite basket or if you just set up a missioning ship in one area and you want to copy that order, you can do so. Um, there's a custom personal list of favorited items within it so that if you buy things regularly, for example, um, you like flying around and doing events and you want to buy ammo and repair paste or whatever it is that you consume as you play the game, you can do so. Um, we also have uh, the the uh, some of the back end done for discrete orders. So this is agents won't be able to see the client name, only the destination. So this is essentially if clients um, don't want our pool of agents to know who they are. Um, you know, that option exists. I'm not sure it will be very popular, but it, it's possible. Um, we can copy and paste from EFT to fits and buy multiple fits. 
Um, we can copy and paste items to manufacture and buy materials needed, so we can ship you materials. And it's got detailed statistics of each client and overall for management, so that the, we've got the back end, um, the ability to kind of see what the throughput is. Is it growing? Is it getting? Um, is it getting smaller? Do we need to scale in certain ways? Do we have enough agents? For example, are orders going too long unfulfilled in the um, you know Australian time zone? Do we need to do something about? And financial transparency in a detailed view of the calculation. So the main thing I really wanted to do is have something that really shows people they're contributing to Plex for good. Um, again, I don't know if anybody here has been long has been here long enough to remember Summer Blink, but um, in that casino site in the top right, it actually had a a ticker for like the amount of money that um, people have won on Summer Blink, and it, it it kind of it ticked up just so constantly and so frequently. It got to like fourteen trillion, I think, before eventually the proprietor of that service was banned for one reason or another. But I would really like something like that so that people know while they pay a small margin, they're actually um, putting money towards real world problems. Um, we're looking at the initial percentage for the fees will be 10% on overall items cost for under 50 mil, five, sorry, 500 mil orders, 5% for um, over 500 mil but below 1 bill, and then 2% for over 1 billion orders. So, um, kind of open to changing these, these aren't set in stone, they're just roughly what we think will be functional and provide our agents enough money to, um, to, to well, make some profit um, for themselves and for the, the overall operation to put money towards Plex for Good. 40% um, of the amount that we take will be paid to agents for their effort. Um, obviously, they're picking the order, they're shipping the order. Um, we're looking at the moment, this is a bit more perspective, we're thinking of building up like a buffer to form um, in the management fee, just in case there's cancellations or if we need to handle discrete orders ourselves, um, after which the fees will reduce or this, this cut will go to Plex for good. Um, this might not be necessary. Um, it depends how much funding that we are able to secure. We might have a little bit of a buffer anyway, um, which we have included in this, in the overall proposal. And then the rest of the 50% will be held by the corporation to be donated for Plex to, to Plex for Good. Fortunately, um, and it's very well timed, uh, I think they announced at Ple uh, FanFest that Plex for Good is going to be a perpetually open thing. So rather than us waiting, you know, hypothetically years for a real world disaster to happen, which sounds a bit morbid, um, Plex for Good will just be open all the time and we can just make continuous donations. So it'll probably be done weekly or monthly at that point. So the total investment that we're looking for is 40 billion-esque. Um, 20 bill will be used to pay a, a web developer to implement a prototype website that will handle the process. And the, we have engaged an ESI dev who's very experienced with this. The time estimate is 50 hours. Um, 10 bill will be used to cover the cost of extra development. So um, in our experience, there's always something that goes wrong or there's always a feature that's a really good idea down the line. Um, and so this is a bit of a buffer for that. And then the final 10 bill it will be used for beginning to process orders and buying the goods that people order. Um, so that um, in this way, we've got a little bit of a buffer. We're able to pay people out um, and be ready to, to get the operation rolling. Um, thank you very much for the opportunity to present this. Um, we do have um, sort of long-term aspirations for this. The idea is if it gets off the ground, we'd love to also run a buyback for good. Um, and in that way, we can kind of centralize not only shipping things to people, but receiving things from people. And that way we can cut even more of the um, broker's fee and sales tax away from the transactions and secure more money to Plex for Good. 
but that's a, that's a very long-term aspiration. We'd want to see how this goes first. Thank you. So first of all, I have to say the, the caliber, the caliber of ideas today, uh, and the, the creativeness that the creativity that goes into the ideas today is just top notch. So, so just thank you and congratulations on that. Now, um, I have, I have a ton of questions as usual. So, uh, let's start with, with, with hauling, um, you know, I saw, you know, you're taking 2% on orders over a billion. Um, there has to be like a limit on the on the cubic meters as well that you can ship, right? Otherwise, 2% is going to be yeah. something that you, you just can't handle. Yeah. So um, thank you very much for that. I could have been clear in this. Basically, um, the, 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 the workflow that we did for ordering, if you when you go to the you go to a very basic prototype website that we've got at the moment, which is not pretty enough to show you. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially what it does is you put in you put in your destination system and it calculates how much it will cost to ship it to you by one of the commercial, um, the already existing things. So it literally automatically gives you a red frog quote for your goods. So the 2% is not to cover shipping. They would pay for shipping as though it were a red frog freight thing anyway. 2% is purely the markup for us picking those orders and then shipping them. Um, so some of our agents might ship it themselves and they would be paid the red frog or the push X rate. Um, but the 2% is not actually inclusive of the shipping that's done separately. But because we've got the cal their calculator built into um, the prototype, it would be able to, um, uh, it automatically tells you how many, how many hauling um, trips it needs, you know, how many ships it needs. It's, it's, we basically just ape their calculator and use it because our original intention was to just pay them to do all the hauling anyway. And in the, would you be using these services in the beginning or would you try to immediately have your own haulers? Well, that was the interesting thing. So when I first envisioned it, I thought, man, managing haulers is probably a nightmare. I don't want to do that. And so we prototyped this by talking to some of our mission runners because that's kind of where the, the idea came from. We had people who are like, oh, I want to set up a Berno Nogal, but it's got to be in Heimatal, and I can't be bothered to ship all that junk to Heimatal. Um, and so when we mentioned this idea to them and they seemed interested, we also had some of the same people who say, oh, I'd be an agent and a delivery person. I'd want to do both. So um, I'd say we would be set up we'd be set up fully with the intention to just use the existing hauling services because we don't really want to compete with them. And, you know, I'm a big fan of emergent business, as you can tell from somebody here pitching you a second one when I've already run one for like 14 years. Um, uh, but, you know, some of our people might want to do both and we can't see a reason not to. And so what what you're really selling, this the, the convenience you're really, or the, the, the service you're really selling is the the convenience of having everything in one service because, you know, uh, what I could do now is just log into my Jita alt, buy stuff, and then make mm. a push X contract, right? So that's, that would be the exact same as your service, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, essentially, um, it would be the difference being that we have potentially some functions within the website that are actually better than the in-game market. Um, for example, favorite baskets and things like that. Um, but yes, it would largely be the same thing. And that's the main reason that I wanted this to be um, a uh, a charitable profit making enterprise 
because I mean I've been the type of person who've looked at the market and it's like well it's five mil to get it in this system or it's six jumps for but you know it 20 mil six jumps away or 25 mil here and there's that kind of pain point of like uh should I buy it should I not buy it if I knew that of that five mil you know like 50 percent of it as a minimum was going to go to plex for good you know why wouldn't you you know it it, it makes it easier um but yes largely it's about convenience to people raising money for charity um and that that's kind of it so i um one last question and then i'll pass it on uh, off to croda um i i am gonna play devil's advocate here and be a little bit cynical because on the one hand you could say sure you're replacing other services or you're making something more convenient and you're you're packaging it all in one and then you're you're donating the profits to charity on the other hand you might also be taking their 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 jobs away or you're making their jobs less profitable because you're making more competition and you don't care as much about profits because you're giving it to charity right is that a fair assessment um yes to a degree i think I think the main thing for me is that um, the main thing for me is that we are paying the haulers. We are paying the agents who pick the items. The whole idea is that the ecosystem actually works for the people who engage with it, but that there isn't large profit, private profit making, um, like individual entities behind it. Like, for example, Summer Blink, um, to keep using it as an example, somebody came up with an idea for running a casino, and that's fine. They still needed people who logged in and contracted people winnings and managed it. And so those, those people were paid for their time. But largely, there was just a, a perpetually accumulating huge amount of money that went to the private individual who either had the idea or developed the website. And that's just really uncomfortable for me. Like, I, I, I think it was one of the very first casino owners had the first character in EVE ever to have every skill trained because he was so astronomically wealthy because he had a casino that he injected every single skill in the game, like 400 million. So the idea is not to take the money from the people who are actually participating in the ecosystem and moving things and buying things and asking for things to be shipped. It's to take the money that would otherwise be accumulated perpetually in the hands of people who are extremely wealthy just because they had this idea and put that money towards um, Plex for Good rather than private profit, if that makes sense. Sure. Crota. I mean, I suppose the, the standout thing about this um, project is the ability to essentially trade or order goods without opening the client itself. So you could do it from work, you know, really, really bad thing to say. But and actually, you could get around the, the step where you still have to pay your corporation. You could have a float, you know, if mm. I could do it, and I could sort of always pitch 50 billion with you. And so mm. if, if I order on the website from work, it automatically gets 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 done. So that what that means is the website is everything. I mean, this this whole idea is nothing without the website. And you sort of give an mm. idea. I mean, just how certain are you? You can get this sort of website up up and running because essentially you need twenty billion to even know if this is going to work or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had very early. We've we've got like I say a very early prototype that I don't uh, resist sharing because it is, um, you know, it's not fully featured. Um, the ESI dev that I have worked with, um, I don't want to name the person. I don't know if I'm okay to name the person. They've 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 developed they've developed tools in the last three years that have 
um, that have already seen usage in excess of 10 times the required amount to be an EVE partner. So they, 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 they've taken multiple tools that have been grandfathered off and replaced them with more modern ones. So personally, I would be extremely confident. And I'm also happy to say that this money won't be leaving my hands until we have a fully functioning thing. It's not a case of pay them up front. I've known them for years. They just need to be paid for their time. Um, and so it, it isn't a case of the money would go to the hands of some nebulous developer that nobody's ever heard of, and then it will just disappear. We're very happy to have the arrangement where um, they deliver and then they get paid. Okay, thank you. That, that's me, Oz. And uh, in terms of, um, I mean, is, is there, is there an, uh, an, an ROI in this or are we, are we just funding this to kind of give you the give you the initial funding so you don't have to fund it yourself because I, I mean apparently you've been playing the game for a long time you obviously created some good services here uh, mm. I you must be rich <laughs> uh, um, well when Plex for Good came Ukraine came around I actually donated everything I had to Plex for Good Ukraine um, and the Brilliant. entire operating profits for um, for the standings business I've run since 2009 I've always donated the profits to Plex for Good whenever it's come up. So um, I was I was borrowing six bill from somebody just after Plex for Good Ukraine happened. Um, so it's um, there. There could be an ROI involved in this. Um, it, it would just be a case of um, that money would be instead of going to Plex for Good, we would build up a float to pay you back. Um, that's you know that's completely viable. We could have six months of operation, um, and then we convert to a charitable uh, a charitable enterprise. I'm really I'm really not bothered. So it's down to how the funders would feel about that, but it's completely a possibility. If the idea is profitable and the profit's there, I'm happy to pay that out um, until until that debt is paid, and then and then give it to Plex for good. Yeah, I think I think we'll be fine. I'm just trying to understand your motivation behind it, but that answered the question really well. Thank you, Golden. Yeah. Um. So I think you're in quite an interesting and, and good position with this firm because of the. Well, your personal history. I'm quite a happy customer of your standings business myself. Um, I there's a couple of things. The first thing and the kind of main issue I can see with this: Have you got a plan as to how you're going to prevent malicious and false orders? So, what's to prevent someone from placing an order on the website and then just never fulfilling the escrow requirement or never actually, you know, paying for it? Um. Well. The basic idea is that if they don't have a float and they never pay for it, nothing ever happens. So it would be as malicious as as imagining going to a supermarket and then never doing it. The supermarket doesn't care. Until until money's changed hands, we don't do anything. So um, we can quite comfortably have, if an order gets made and then never gets paid for, it just gets deleted in 24, 48, 72 hours, however long it would take if if people do make orders that want to gum up the system, for example. Um, and the other thing is, of course, in order to make this ordering um, work, we can have the external website require ESI validation. And so if there's a number of these different orders that come in, if somebody like puts in 10 orders and never pay for them, we can just say, look, if you keep doing this, you're going to get ESI blocked. And you, if you want to roll a new EVE account to just make random orders in a, in a thing, you can. But um, there's probably not a lot of point in doing it. Uh, that, that, that's just my main concern because uh, there's a lot of things at Eve, which even if there's no point to doing it, unfortunately, people will still do just to try and annoy someone. Um, the other thing, which isn't a malicious thing, but 
I saw in, in an earlier slide you mentioned that pricing was going to be based on the G to sell minimum price at the time. Um, mm. It, would it be possible for the web dev to implement a way where it will calculate the kind of um, total cost according to what the uh, like price wall is? Because obviously it could be that the minimum order is quite a bit cheaper, but won't fulfill their entire order or the minimum order is just a little bit below what the price should be. So one misclicked that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, actually, um, so that was discussed because of course we also don't want to have people being able to place orders for things that then um, they are able to manipulate and massively deviate the price floor by ordering weird items. And so that's part of the fact is that um, if people place orders and then the price changes really dramatically, we can always just say, look, we're not feeling this, fulfilling this, we think you are trying to scam us in one way or another. But yes, they've also looked at calculating market depth in order to say that, you know, you can order one-ish tile, you can order 100-ish tiles, but the price will change between them. And um, the prototype calculation that he has put together does indeed will change. If you try to order one, you'll just get a set price. If you try to order 100, it will actually look at what the market depth is and provide you with a price fulfilling for all of them. Perfect. OK, so that, yeah, that addresses that concern completely. Um, in that case, so you guys are using third party shipping, which I, I actually think is, I agree, is a good plan. Um, have you guys spoken to any NullSec alliances about potentially integrating with their own logistic services? Because this is something which I I can see it scaling to quite a degree um, and much more so if it's something which, uh, you know, people in, in out in NullSec can use as well. Um, and in, in a way, ideally, which then doesn't compete with their own logistic services. If their shipping services are still getting paid and their members are getting mm. the items they want, that they're still happy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we haven't reached out to any because we felt that it was far too early stage. You know, we want at least a working feature complete prototype of the of the website before we do that to just do proof of concept. Um, I know a few people in Null Alliances, uh, which I should hope, having played the game for 17 years, you'll know at least one or two. Um, but um, if, if we can prove that it works, at least on a small scale in GTA, I would absolutely love to open it up to a broader scale. Um, the idea of shipping goods all over the place, outside high sec as well. Um, and then, like I say, watching a Plex for Good number tick up rapidly would be would be wonderful. So I'm open to the idea. And if we get off the ground and people here or uh, people within your audience have the have the the ability to kind of um, pull the trigger on uh, setting this up within any null alliances. Yeah, I'd be really interested in that. Perfect. Um, the only other thing I'd say, which actually isn't uh, anything to do with sort of this particular project, but just because there's 400 people watching, if anyone from CCP is watching, please, please, please give some more transparency as to what the conversion rate for Plex for Good is. Um, myself and I know several other people have not donated to Plex for Good in the past specifically because we have no idea how much it's actually going to contribute and it would be great to see that change. Sorry to platform a bit. <laughs> That's all right. Okay. Um, so just to sum up, uh, the funding that is required here is mostly for web development, 30 billion for web development and 10 billion for starting capital. So he's asking for a total of 40 billion. And I don't remember who started last time. Oh, first of all, chat said, 72% man these polls today are very very close 70 close to each other I should say 72% said yes fund this 28% said no and just a uh, quota uh, apparently you can't since you have to pay in game you're not going to be able to put an order in from work so sorry to say um well, I'd, I'd, well, I'd no, say no, if, if they pay in advance 
Yeah, yeah. If the, if they say here's ten bill, I'm going to order over the next week. Then absolutely, we can do that. But for for particularly new right. customers and for Very people good. we aren't familiar with, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good because Crota gives ten billion to anyone, so he, for him that works. Uh, Crota, yeah. what what did you what did you start then? This, I mean, this is a serious issue for my my business model exists because I sit and do Dixie and I'm willing to sell stuff at a big markup to Jita. And there is no way that somebody can get something from Jita unless they had ordered it that morning from work. So this is a big issue to my business model. So I'm <laughs> I'm in for 20. All right, Golden. Uh, I'll match 20. Yeah. Wow, you two already matched the, the, the 40. That's that's kind of good for me because I I see so many hurdles here with the with the development and even though like your track record is fantastic and I and I totally uh, like I can totally see this working I just have so many so many question marks of is this actually going to get off the ground um, so um, I, I'm I'm gonna leave it at that I'm gonna let Golden and Crota uh, fund fund this and I'm gonna gonna take a step uh, back here but it uh, looks like you got your 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 capital here, uh, Kukela, and uh, thank you for another fantastic presentation and a great idea. Uh, we we can't wait to see where you take this. Wonderful! Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. All right, what a day, huh, guys? These these ideas are good today. It's quite a bit of funding, but some really good ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It if this gets off the ground, it will spur so many other ideas because this is essentially you don't have to access the game client to get something else done. You can already buy Plex and you can do skills on the portal, but this, this will open up a whole new ball game. Yeah, and I, if I trust him and he's he's got a good track record and he builds that site, I mean, I might not be willing to fund the idea, but I'll hand over I'll, I'll hand over a line of credit if I can just sit sit you know order from my mobile. Hell yeah. Well, it starts to open up banking and insurance and financial system. More ideas for the Austin. All right. Next, mortgages we have. When. Sorry, Golden. Titan mortgages when? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we already. I mean, we already had uh, lease to own today, right? So very, very financial episode. Yeah, that's true. Um. The candidate number four is somebody that um, last night streamed for over 10 hours because I went to bed and I saw him streaming and I woke up and I checked Twitch and Ghosty Gaming was still streaming. So Ghosty Gaming, uh, I hope you got some good yeah, sleep. I'm a bit man. of a no-lifer. <laughs> Ghosty, Ghosty. Um, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have to go first. I am so nervous. <laughs> Are you kidding? You you stream Eve online and yet you're nervous coming on this show. You're uh... I have no idea what I'm doing in this kind of environment. I am a fish out of water, so to speak. <laughs> you'll do you'll do perfectly fine because uh, you I I know you're already entertaining on your stream. Uh, do you want to? Uh, you can share your camera if you want to, Ghosty. But uh, it's totally, totally uh, no, up to you. I'm covered up right now. You don't want to see me, but I am. Right. Do you have the screen share up? Yes. Hold on. Um, there we go. Okay. Oh wait, wait. Um, I need presentations. I need... Yeah, hold on. I need, I need, uh, I need to get that last, uh, that last. I remember you updated your link. Hold on. Let me do this real quick. Ghosty is there, and we push him here, and that should work. Then. There you go. 
Ghosty, the stage is yours. Oh, by the way, to everyone, if you don't know Ghosty, uh, follow, you know, we'll do a shout out right now to Ghosty Gaming. Obviously, um, he's an EVE partner and has a very, very dedicated streamer. So uh, go follow Ghosty Gaming. Go, go ahead, Ghosty. All right, folks. Uh, I am here seeking additional funding to add on to my existing project, the uh, POG Mining Division, a.k.a. the uh, Pochman Obliteration Fleet. Uh, just to give you a little bit of history about the POG group, uh, Chaos, uh, a fellow streamer, started these. Uh, he did uh, Triglavian standings runs where he'd take people out, run incipient drone swarms and uh, the hives so that people could get positive standings with the trig. So they stopped shooting you on the gate. I anybody who's tired of getting shot by trigs, by the way, it's very easy. Just come one, one night and we'll fix that. Well, uh, when I got into it, I wanted to add the mining division because... If people don't know, some of the best rocks in the game are out there in Pochfin. You can pick these things up day one in a venture, you know. You just have to kind of get over the fear of going to Pochfin. I find a lot of people are scared of that. So we've come up with several strategies, um, mostly because I died to said strategy. I was like, oh, God, that was a good idea, and then I copied these people. Um, of how to take a group of miners out and keep the barges themselves as safe as possible as you could have them in EVE Online. Like, the other assets in the fleet are almost always assumed losses, but to date, we've only lost four mining barges out of at least half a dozen fleets that I've run, and those barges were lost because of pilot error. They were too close to areas they weren't supposed to be, and they weren't able to warp out. Um, I have some examples of how we defend it. But before I show that, just going to give you guys some of the perks of operating in the POG mining fleet. Uh, safety in numbers is one of the key concepts of EVE Online. If you're flying alone, you're just a target. But if you're flying with a pack of 10 or 20 miners, it's a lot less inviting for potential predators. Um, I do had been passing out free mining barges, but we are changing that to an SRP just because people were stealing the barges and trying to troll me. Uh, yeah, uh, so the more more barges we have on grid, the more unappealing we are. Like, I liken it to a porcupine. Like, sure, you can come and kill us, and you might get a little bit of meat, but you're going to take some pain for that meat. Um, like, usually the only expensive assets on grid are the porpoise itself running around 150 to 200 million and then the mine link pod for another 50 and then the flycatcher usually runs about 80 to 100 million and that's assuming we don't have you know fancy pvp assets on grid like a varger or something helping protect us we don't always get that sometimes we do uh, but my goal is to provide consistent income for new and existing players so that they can help fuel their own ambitions in EVE Online. Um, and then they can take the strategies that they learn in these fleets to other areas, say they were always afraid to go to low sec or maybe go out into null to get those kind of rocks. They always felt like they had to be in high sec. Well, now they have some strategies they can take into these other areas to help defend themselves. Uh, I'm also working to try to build good relations with the other groups in the region. Currently, one of our biggest predators is Fraternity. Um, but nine times out of ten, if there's an OBS site for them to run, they'd rather do that than come and pick on us. It's usually when they're bored when they come after us. And, and that's usually a full evac situation we're never trying to fight. 
Um, and again, why I'm asking for funding is up until this point, I've been able to fund everything myself through my own adventures in EVE, but this next part, I'm not going to be able to do alone. When I first started EVE, my very first CEO, uh, Socrates Iscariot, was the most generous dude you've ever seen. He would buy everything I mined at 100% GITA sell value. Like, not buy value, sell value. And he would give me free jump freighter services. We lived out in Venal at the time. So it was like, what, like 11, 12 jumps to get to Jita via jump freighter. He would do this for free. He wouldn't charge me collateral. He actually lost a jump freighter. The first in 10 years he ever lost. And it had like 2 billion worth of parts and ships for me that he didn't charge me for. He just went back to Jita, rebought everything and got a new jump freighter and brought it out. And I want to recreate that environment because I felt like that was really what got, kind of ramped me into EVE. I started off with one account and within a month I had five. And here I am four years later now an EVE streamer for EVE Online. You know, it's been quite the journey. And I think Socrates really helped power that. And I want to try to give that back to everyone else. So I'm wanting $20 billion to set up the buyback program. I haven't worked out all the kinks because the value of the ores themselves are a bit unstable. A lot of people don't actually sell the ore. They just go ahead and reprocess it. So I'm going to have to figure out whether or not I want to do refined value or sell value. And I'm open to any suggestions you guys might have about that. But again, the idea is I'm not, it's going to be like the most lucrative buyback program you've ever seen. Um, no, it's not intended for profit. It's intended to give you the exact value of the rocks you picked up and remove the stress of having to get that to Jita and trying to figure out how to play the market yourself. Then with all the ore that I've taken, I'm going to take on that stress and try to figure out how to turn it into ships and marketeering. And we'll take that journey together on EVE Online so that I can teach all the PVP bros that I stream to how to actually do some industry to fuel their carnage. Love Is it. Is that succinct? Yes. And now, it, okay. Does anybody have questions about how we do these fleets and the fits themselves? Because I have all that prepared as well. I mean, I, I I've, you know, uh, maybe do a, like a quick one minute run through. All right. Well, here's an example of the procurers we're running. So first thing you notice, we're not running uh, mining upgrades. We're running damage upgrades. This particular variant does 317 damage with uh, Infiltrator 2s with 106-kilometer drone control range. That's really good if you don't know. Um, so let me show you the grid that we're working with most of the time. So this is the ubiquitous mineral fields, the prime targets of the fleet. Uh, you have the warp-in beacon right here. This is where your flycatcher is going to sit, and the red circle indicates about the edge of the bubble. Uh, attackers will land at the edge of the bubble, and then the PvP escorts will kind of position themselves around to engage anybody that comes in. The mining vessels will be way over here towards the rocks, usually about 40 to 70 kilometers from the warp in. So if worse comes to worse and we just get blobbed, they have plenty of time to evacuate. They will already, they have instructions to not be next to rocks, be aligned to a safe or a structure, ready to go. The porpoise would be about the only assumed loss because half the time the damn thing sieged. The other type of site that we can potentially do is the internal business scene field. Let me show you that. 
Now these sites are much larger and more difficult to defend with the drone swarm. As you can see, it's almost 200 or 400 kilometers from point to point. And these sites are dead spaced, so you can't warp to the, around. If we can get a boosher, I can help move the barges around from the different sections. But the, my, the, the PVP escorts kind of just act as screeners and move around with the miners. These are the only two sites that we really tried to because a very important mechanic that makes this work is the dead space mechanic. Uh, for those who don't know, a dead spaced site cannot be warped to in any other way. You have to warp straight to the beacon. You can't bookmark a rock. You can't combat scan a ship down. If you try any of that, you're still going to warp straight to the warp end beacon. And that's where the bubble comes in. Hold up. Let me get the ubiquitous back up. So if anybody tries to warp to the ubiquitous, whether they're warping to a bookmark or warping to a ship, they're going to land in the bubble, period. Which means they're going to meet the full might of all that drone power. With, with one full drone bunny, you're looking at over 3,000 DPS worth of drones, plus whatever PvP escorts you got. Uh, those who have seen it, there is a video on YouTube of where a pair of legions, well-fit legions, I might add, tried to aggress us, and then they found out exactly how bad of an idea that was. <laughs> Here's the battle report. 4.1 billion isk worth of ships tried to kill this fleet. They didn't get a single kill. And we nice. only had six, procure or six procurers and the porpoise. That's all we had. Nice. Cool. So, Is that it? So we have very successful defense strategies. Again, the porpoises and the flycatchers are always assumed losses due to the nature of the ship. The goal is to protect the barges because they're going to be holding the ore, and I don't want people losing their ship if I can help it. Yeah. Somebody's asking what time zone are you running these in? I guess you're, you're uh, going to have new, new, I, new customers. These fleets usually run around 3 a.m. server, so it's uh, like the Aussie time block usually. All right. And uh, can you give me an idea of the profitability of the whole operation? Like, what, what are you pulling in there? <laughs> well, again, profitability is not the key. The key is to just be self-sufficient to be able to replenish the fund mm -hmm. with the ore that I've collected, and that's going to be a journey. No, I mean for the miners, sorry, for the miners that are mining uh, in there. Uh, again, um, I will provide SRP for any lost barges, and then all the ore that they mine, they can contract to me. Uh, we're still hammering out the exact values for the ores again, but it's going to be as close to 100% sell value as I can get it. Right, okay. And somebody is putting in in uh, in chat that the procurers pull in about 100 million an hour is that exactly yeah, yeah. each site a, a ubiquitous mineral field has anywhere between three to five billion isk worth of ore and minerals nice okay cool uh golden do you have questions um yeah so i've got there's a couple sort of big concerns about this the first thing is just that whilst uh, i mean that battle report's quite funny um that's great uh the the problem is this fleet comp is very counterable. I mean, anything sort of relatively tanky with smart yes. bombs is just going to melt through the drones and then immediately be able to well everything else. Um, so the the first thing is that if this does get popular, it immediately becomes a target and unfortunately quite an easy target. Um, it's great that you've had some defense success so far. 
but that's mostly down to the fact that people didn't know how you were fit and you're fit in quite an unorthodox manner. As soon as people are aware of how you're fit, it is very easy to counter. Um, mm. The second thing is that uh, the, the concern about sort of profitability, not for the sake of profitability itself, but just for longevity. Um, if you're running a buyback at or close to um, even G to buy value, once you've got shipping costs and everything like that involved, and if you're doing SRP, um, well, you're you're not actually making any money. You're you're going to be losing money because the only actual sort of net positive isk you've got is whatever you personally were mining. Everything else, whilst it's great that you're providing a really convenient and helpful service to the people who are in your fleet, you're not making profit on that. And so anything you're paying out in SRP and shipping costs is out of your pocket. Um, and so it's it's a neat idea. But I've got significant concerns about, you know, the longevity of it, um, especially because, well, you know, putting it in front of 400 people and if it does get popular, lots of SRP and stuff start going up. And it's a question of, you know, how, how long until you mm -hmm. run out of this, basically. Like I said, it, it, and, I, and I'm welcome to anybody as assisting me with trying to figure out how to make the fund sustainable as to the counterability of the uh, drone, you know, Smart bombing, like you said, uh, that is true. That is exactly how you counter us. But I hope to expand on uh, PvP assets. Uh, it was suggested in the Discord that maybe we always have something like a Marauder or something on grid as well to help deal with a battleship that's cr trying to come in and smart bomb our fleet away. Or maybe just even a, t a T2 Hyperion. You know, something with uh, some weight to it. Uh, also, um, with additional PVP escorts, you can avoid having the drone swarm right at the warp in, you know, so you can choose whether like I can have everybody pull in their drones. If we see a smart bomber before the drones get killed and then we take care of the smart bomber and then relaunch drones and so, so on and so forth. Like, um, it, it, there's no perfect strategy in Eve, but the idea is to be as you, know, you, you have to bring something significant to bear and to dislodge us. And what's the best you're going to get? Some drones, maybe a flycatcher, maybe a porpoise. Like well, you won't get the barges. That, well, they will. That's the problem. Um, with with some smart bombing for the drones and a few other methods as well, it, it will be pretty easy to melt through the drones um, and then tackle stuff and, and keep it. Now, uh, if it, I I don't have it ready right now, but there, we had an example of an OBS fleet. It was a bar guest OBS fleet that dropped on us with four interdictors. We saw the interdictors. We were able to engage all four interdictors with the drone swarm and kill them before they got the barges. We did lose two barges in that engagement, but they actually were caught in my bubble. They weren't even caught in Frat's bubble because they were just too close. They didn't venture out far enough away from the warp endpoint, which, you know, you know, that was just pilot error. You know, we do try to play the moment as it is, you know, we're not just instantly evacing. If they've got ways to keep the barges on grid, we try to clear those as best we can and get as many people as away as possible. Uh, that's it for me. Rhoda? Yeah, my, my only concern is how this stays sustainable. You've talked a bit about it, you know, you get 20 billion and you're buying at, say, Jita sell price. And as, as Golden said, you're bearing all the costs to get it back to Jita. I mean, what, what, how, I mean, how do you essentially avoid just running out of money eventually? Uh, well, I also run Faction Warfare a lot, so I've got a lot of LP saved up. I'm hoping to combine my LP gains with the, uh, you know, 
you know, instead of just buying blueprints and selling the blueprints, actually constructing things to t t try to turn a profit with the ore. Okay, so there's there's a bit of a sort of a side operation going on here too. Yeah, it, uh, the ore is going to uh, be. It's. I'm not just going to take the ore and sell it and ho and cut my losses. I'm going to try to take the ore, break it down, and get more value out of it by constructing things. Okay. And I mean, Ghosty, I know you're you're following your, you know, your 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 mentor from the past, uh, Socrates, great name, great name. But I mean, you could you could just, you know, just take a. a I think everybody would understand if you just took a little cut for the longevity of the of the program, right? Is that just something you would categorically reject? No. Um... Like again, a hundred percent GDA's sell value is like the starting point. If it ends up being like ninety percent sell value, again, I want to give them as much value for the ore as possible. You know, most buyback programs are just giving you buy value, you know, and then whoever bought it from you minus their cost to get it to market are getting all the profit. Somebody is suggesting to do an ore buyback and then sell the minerals for profit if you have, you know, if you have good good refining skills uh, as uh, you you know you're going to find somebody that does that could be one way yeah i've got a couple of mods in my team that have maxed out reprocessing skills and are really good uh, industrialists that can help me out crota any more questions no that's everything for me okay and ghosty um, you're looking for, for 20 billion just because that's going to keep you afloat for a certain period of time, right? Yeah, my, my assumption is, is that any industrial startup period is going to take a second, but once it gets rolling, then the money is get consistent. So I'm hoping to get funding for at least a month so that I can get that process started. Okay. All right. Um... Also, uh, to so, uh, someone else's point about predation of the fleet, I am working on building relationships with the other groups in the region. I already have blue status with a, a group that operates out there regularly, uh, Observatory Great Bear. Uh, I'd also be willing to hear from diplomats of the major powers like Fraternity, Goons, Horde. You know, this is a public fleet. Everybody's allowed. I don't care where you are in the war. If you're in my fleet, you're all a bunch of miners singing Kumbaya. So if they want to, like, help promote the fleet and even help maybe get some defenders there, you know, so that their guys can come and make some money, you know, these, you know, it's safety in numbers. So the more people we have, not just in miners, but people who want to sit there and help donate their time in PVP ships, you know, the more successful the operation is. Okay. Ghosty. Uh, I'll, I'll, make it, I'll make a start. Um, if, so, so to me, I'm very happy to, to fund projects that are especially for new players. And this one, you know, this one is very well thought out. I, I like the operation you have. I, I like everything about it. Um, should, if, if you don't take a cut, um, then basically what we as investors are doing here is we're just taking our money and just, um, you know, 
donating it to uh, you know to to new players in your name or you're donating it to new players in in our name and by donating it's not straight up one to one what i mean but it's in the end what you're doing is you you're not you're not taking the cut that a a typical person in that situation would would take it's basically charity right by not take making a profit so i'm very happy to fund this if you implement some sort of some sort of cut or strategy to make this sustainable because otherwise i i just don't see the big point uh, like we could we could do this a lot simpler right so um uh, if if you can show any sort of you know idea and we can talk about this after i'm happy to figure it out with you but if we figure out some way of making this more sustainable than just say here's 20 billion and and you can go for a month because then i don't i don't think in a month of time i don't think we have we've accomplished anything then you've you know you've uh, kept the operation going but then you're 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 just back at the start so um if you can do that then i'm very happy to fund five billion let's go around uh, the room first and then uh goes to you can you can decide what you want to do golden um yeah that kind of, kind of hits the nail on the head for me um i'm all for funding things which are going to give particularly newer players, uh, the opportunity to do things which otherwise are particularly difficult areas of the game to join, especially if it means that they don't have to join some massive null group in order to do that. Um, I don't think this is far enough along yet, both in terms of the defense strategy, um, which could end up you know, frustrating people who are joining if this does get popular enough to become a target. And also, it really would be ideal for it to be self-sustainable. Um, otherwise, as I said, it's effectively us sort of just giving you risk to pass along to new uh new players in a sort of slightly convoluted way um and also some of that then going to losses for people attacking you in the process when instead we could have just given that risk straight to the new players more efficiently so um i like the idea it needs to be thought through a little bit more and maybe some sort of agreements held in order to get the defense stuff sorted and make itself sustainable uh, for the moment i'm gonna stay out Rhoda? Well, it's just, you know, what is it? It's content generation approaching charity. Um, so if you can't agree, reach an agreement with Oz, I'll be in for 20. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ghosty, Ghosty, what do you, what do you think? Um, I mean, uh, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to think about, um, uh, do you categorically reject it or do you want to think about it? The, the concern of sustainability is very valid and the biggest concern. I don't want to be coming in here hat in hand every couple of months saying, guys, I ran out of money again. Can <laughs> I get some more? You know, it really does need to be sustainable. And after hearing your critiques, I'm wondering if maybe we shelve this until I can speak with a few more industrialists and try to hammer out the details of the buyback program a bit better. And then, like you said, go ahead and see if I can reach out to diplomats of the major powers who operate in the region to see if we can get some sort of understanding to where at least their OBS fleets aren't coming after me. <laughs> yeah, I think... Well, no, just, 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 just to be clear, I mean, I, I'm willing to do this on, on your current pitch for 20. Oh, if you're willing, I'll take your money. <laughs> All right. But I, like I said, I, I hear the concerns of sustainability, and that is at the forefront of trying to make this a viable plan. I'm not, yes, it is a charity, but it needs to be a self sustaining charity. Yeah. 
making profit isn't a bad thing. Like if the aim is to help and provide opportunities for new players, you can do that better and for longer by having it be self-sustainable. It's it's much better to kind of give people a a ninety percent return indefinitely than to give people a hundred percent return for a month. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, if concerned about sort of of feeling bad about making profit off it, um, could do what uh Kudika was doing, which is just you know donate the excess to Plugs for Good. Yeah, so I, I I totally I totally agree. I think uh, no n none of your miners I think expect expect a a full Jita um, uh, sell press, and I think everybody would understand if there was a little cut in there to make this idea sustainable. So um, yeah, I mean you've you've got it anyway. As Corda said, he's going to fund it anyway, uh, Ghosty. So you can you can uh, you can go go run with it. Uh, if you make it a little bit more sustainable, then you'll have some funding on top. That sounds awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, no worries. Good luck with it. And we can't uh, wait to hear your, your updates. Cool. All right, man. It's just, it's good ideas today. Love it. Love it. I'm, I'm, I'm what, what I love about hearing these ideas so much is that every single one of these ideas makes me want to play, watch or take part in EVE Online. And that's exactly what I envisioned when I when I came up with this idea. So I'm, I always come out of here very, very motivated. I feel very, you know, very motivated to jump into into EVE Online. All right. Um, the last candidate of the day is a little bit of a special candidate. So I'm going to have to I'm going I'm going to pull him into here into into chat here, but I'm going to have to preface this with a little intro because uh, we're talking to, um, uh, is it Puse Moose? <laughs> you can call me Puse. Puse, Puse Moose, look at that. That is a, a very a very cool name and also has an excla excla exclamation mark before it. So it's Puse Moose. So I have to say before, before you present your idea, uh, Puse Moose, it was, you're a little bit of a special candidate because I invited you to the show and not the other way around. And the reason for yes. that lies in episode two of the Oz Tank. If you guys didn't see episode two, um, there was one investment that was a little bit controversial and that I didn't hear the end of, be it at FanFest or be it on Discord or be it on Reddit. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a little bit of uh, fun post-show drama. And that's the faction warfare investment that Eden Trade is doing. So in episode two, we had Eden Trade, one of our trillionaires, he pitched an idea himself, and that was his own faction warfare, mm, let's call it motivation operation. So he creates goals for the Galente militia and uh, puts a prize on different goals. And then he goes and says, go take that system, go, you know, whelp a billion in fleets, whatever it is. And then he provides, you know, SRP or, um, or he, he provides a reward on the militia completing his tasks. Now, I, let's say foolishly, um, and a little bit, uh, you know, uh, um, maybe a little bit without without thinking about it too much, I invested 5 billion in his idea. And essentially, that meant that I was supporting the Galente militia with 5 billion, which, you know, it's, I think it doesn't matter here and there, but I just, from a karma perspective, I don't want anyone out there to say that I'm supporting one side 
only. Now, I don't care what Eden Trade thinks because he's already funding that thing was like 20 billion a month, right? But as, as for my own personal investment of 5 billion, I want to make it right. And so how do you make a 5 billion investment into Galente Militia right? You find somebody that is in the Cal Mill Militia or the, the or is in Cal Mill, right? That's, that's I guess, how you would say that. So yeah. there was, uh, there I was at FanFest and uh, one of the first people I meet in line are these two Finnish dudes that um, are uh, very, very nice, are very funny, and they like to drink, all right? And so um, it was a, a, a fun weekend. Uh, I kept running into these two guys. And at some point, I find out, wait a minute, these guys are in a Calmill Corp. And so I grabbed that opportunity and said, hey, uh, would you guys be interested in some funding? And uh, they said, you know, being finished, they didn't um, want to come on a talk show. <laughs> it's my assumption. And so they sent their CEO, and that is Puce Moose. Is that, is that correct and fair, Puce? Yeah, so I'm not actually the CEO. I'm the CEO in absentia. Our current CEO is uh, potentially, we don't know, he's gone. <laughs> so I'm a director. And a little bit of a uh, amendment to what you just said. The Finns were deployed to FanFest. They were actually pre-briefed on making contact with some tycoons. So uh, they found and took Eden Trade to dinner. Um, they weren't able to change his ways, so they also made contact with yourself. And it seems they've been pretty successful. If that is true, Pius, if that is true, then I, I love the story even more. I would double my investment, but I can't, because if I double my investment, my karma is out of balance again. So... Um, you you did bring up, even though you don't actually have to do anything for your investment, Pius, you actually brought a presentation, right? I did. Well, I'm hoping you might be able to sway the other two investors as well. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, they can do whatever they want. I don't, I, I have no part in that. So, uh, wow, that is, that is some impressive, very, very, very impressive graphics on your PowerPoint impression. So, Pius, Sorry uh, for the looping there. <laughs> take it, take it away, take it away. Cool. So first, I'd like to thank uh, one of our ex-members now, Lindsay, for those graphics. Sorry about the uh, screen flashing. That's PowerPoint. So I am Puse from Starline Enterprises. I am the uh, director and I'm the primary fleet commander for Starline Enterprises. Who are we? We are a pretty small Calmel Corp. Um, we were primarily composed of uh, newish players to PvP. Most of the players have now been doing PvP for one to two years. Personally, I've been playing this game since 2008. Um, we run Friday fleets now on a Saturday, uh, mostly. Um, these are almost always frigate to T1 cruiser PvP because we are poor. Um, we're building skill among our corp uh, slowly, um, but we're usually ISK positive on these fleets. So we go out into the war zone, we roam around, we take some objectives and we kill as many Galente as we can. We cannot afford bling. Um, so all of our stuff uh, is normally below 50 million ISK. So what do we want to do? A uh, certain Eve tycoon who does a lot of trading in New Eden uh, has decided to offer bounties on Galmil uh, faction warfare objectives only for Galmil and Minmil, but we don't care about them. Um, we uh, do not like this. Uh, this is bad. So we want to resist that. Um, as you can see, very, very biased. Um, 
So we we did deploy our fins to FanFest. Uh, we couldn't change his mind. So we want to resist these objectives that he has posted. Uh, we don't want these to be accomplished. So what do we need for this task? Uh, we need ISK as much as anybody wants to give. Uh, I know you've uh, committed 5 billion. Uh, 10 billion would be absolutely great. Uh, this is primarily for better ships. Our current SRP, as I said, is capped at 50 million um, simply because of corp income. Um, we do provide free caracals to our members as well. We'd like to step that up a bit, um, potentially moving to Osprey navies, something like that. Um, we'd also like some ISK for recruitment. At the moment, we have a core pad that runs. Nobody sees those. Um, I'm not going to spam depots outside Jita on, on our soul. Um, but we can go out and we can kill more and we can advertise to the people that we kill, which is how we get most of them. Um, return on investment on this, as you can see, we have 80% positive income weeks over, uh, over five weeks here because of our loot that we scoop. So, you know, after that initial investment, we're green, right? I'm just taking the piss there. Yeah. Our actual ROI Mathematically challenged. All right. Anything. Perfect. <laughs> our actual ROI, there is no financial ROI. Everything we get given is eventually going to be destroyed. The ROI is purely the fun and fights. Uh, it's the upskilling of our members, and it's all of the destruction that we bring to New Eden. Uh, but that's why we play the game, to have fun and destroy things. So that's just the short brief. Any questions? Nice. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you already have my, my 5 billion. I, I was, you know, I was very, very positively surprised that you uh, actually still created a, a PowerPoint presentation. So uh, let's, let's see. Um, let's see how you can, uh, you can maybe reel in some more investors. Uh, Golden, uh, do you have any questions? Uh, I don't think so, no. Kroda? Uh, we exhausted the questions with the other um faction warfare presentations <laughs> yeah starla maybe can you um uh, i don't know if you mentioned it but uh how many people are in your corp so we've got 13 people we are pretty small uh, we average sort of five to eight members uh, per fleet we're looking to grow um that is quite difficult um we're not a huge influence in the war zone at the moment but we have ambition to change that um yeah but wait i mean are you open for recruitment? Absolutely. If anybody is looking to do sort of at the moment, small gang faction warfare uh, PVP, you can put an application into Starline Enterprises. I check it every day and it's normally empty. <laughs> guys, I mean, we can, I mean, we'll give these guys money, of course, right? But there's 400 people watching. There'll be thousands watching on YouTube and on the podcast. So um, if you are interested in faction warfare uh, and you want to fly with, I mean, I already know half your corp, right? I know the two fins and now I know you and then your CEO is MIA. Uh, so, uh, you know, this guy, this guy came prepared. He sounds very nice. So, um, and they're going to have some starting capital now. So, uh, you know, go go and apply for Starline uh, Enterprises if you want to try out some faction warfare. Do they have to? Do people that that join your um, join your corp? Do they have to uh, like commit fully to faction warfare, or can they do other things like on the side? So we are fully in faction warfare as a corp. We're not uh, individually enlisted, so you will be a war target. We do actually also have a sister corporation, which is composed of alts. Um, so if you want to have mining alts and things, but still contribute logistically, that is there as well. Okay. 
Um, I, uh, I, I can, will you take me along on a Friday fleet? Absolutely. You Very good. More than welcome. I, I just need to, I just need to enlist then, right? With, with the character. That's right. Okay. Um, very, very cool. All right. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I have, I, I'll donate five billion, uh, as I, as I said. Uh, I can't donate more. I would donate more, but I can't to keep my karma balanced. Uh, Golden, anything else? I'll do five billion as well. <laughs> Look at that. Amazing. Thank you, Crota. Yeah, I'll do five bill if only because we've learned what the honey trap is needed to reel us in. Nice, nice. Look at that. 15, 15 billion, uh, I, uh, you, you know, the requirement, um, uh, Pius, the requirement is that you, uh, you have to create some sort of a report, um, either, you know, blog about it, make a video or, um, or, or give an, uh, give an update on one of the future episodes of, uh, of my, my stream or the Oz tank, uh, and, uh, then tell us what you did with 15 billion isk. Sounds good. So I actually already write detailed breakdowns of every single fleet so people can learn from it. So we've got those. Um, we've got editing and video uh, making skills in the corp as well. So we can potentially produce some content for you guys. Nice. And uh, for everyone that uh, that is new to um, to the Oz Discord, I'll, I'll link the Discord and chat here. There is a project update channel. So for this project and all of the other projects that you saw today and all of the projects that were in past episodes of the Austank, you just go there and you scroll through and you can see um, you know, what the what the newbie wormhole corp is up to, what the bounty hunting system is up to, whether we will ever see that music contest from episode one. I don't know, but uh, I keep I, I keep paying the dude. He hasn't received his money yet, but uh, you know I, I still want to see it. I'm I'm almost tempted to take that project away and run it myself because uh, I I can't wait to 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 see that happening. But uh, yeah, if you want to read about that, just go to the Discord and and um, and read the project update channel in the Austin section. Okay, Pius, any any last words? Uh, join Kaldari, fight for the state. Nice. Crota, anything? Thanks very much, everyone. No worries. No, fine. No, it all sounds good. Great show, actually. Five brilliant ideas. Yeah, right? I mean, today's today's ideas were just uh, knocked it out of the park. It was uh, my favorite episode today. Golden. Yeah, all fantastic ideas. I think this has probably been the best episode so far. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, we're going to up upload this to, to YouTube. We're going to upload it uh, to the podcast. So if you're not following uh, on the, the podcast yet, you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts under the name Oz Report. Uh, there have um, the, the weekly market update, uh, interviews with the CCP devs and, uh, and other EVE players, and every once in a while also the Oz Tank. We also have a new segment called Pitch Your Playstyle, where I interview... Uh, people that pitch me their favorite playstyle. So we had the first episode of that last week. It was Kiakti pitching the NPSI, and we're going to have more playstyles in the upcoming weeks. We're going to talk to low sec pirates. We're going to talk to wormholers. Uh, we're going to talk to spies. Um, so look for something called um, Pitch Your Playstyle, and it's all under the Oz Report podcast feed and also on youtube.com slash Oz. Eve. All right. Thank you to the investors. Thank you to all of the candidates that were in here today. And we're going to be back with the next episode of the Oz Tank 
in roughly a month from now, watch our Discord announcements for the exact dates. And if you want to submit your own ideas, then go to the uh, idea submission channel that will open up uh, sometime next week for the next episode. And uh, maybe next time it's going to be you on the on the Oz tank. All right. Thank you all. Have a good day. We're going to go uh, take a little bio break, five minutes, and then we're going to be back on here, this channel for the after show. Thank you all. Bye bye.